Hey guys, welcome to That Florida Feeling. How are y'all this week? I hope everybody's doing good. It's a little cold. That's okay. It's better than the 90s every day. Thank you to everybody who interacted on the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. You guys are, as always, awesome. So, everybody likes stuffing. I have come to that conclusion thanks to Instagram and Facebook. We all just like turkey and stuffing or dressing. That's cool. That's my favorite anyways. <laughs> um, thank you for participating. I love that you guys are willing to tell me about yourselves. I love learning about you guys. Um, and also, thank you for making this podcast successful. If you have a second, if you could like subscribe um, to the podcast, that way you don't miss an episode and also it helps to get the episode out to other people, even the whole podcast. Um, if you do have a second and you haven't reviewed the podcast yet, I really would appreciate five stars. You can do that on Google or Apple. So I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes it's really fun to pick topics and sometimes you sit there and you scratch your head and you're like, and what are people going to want to hear now? Like some days I have no idea. It still amazes me that you guys like to listen to this podcast. Um, so thank you again. So I also realized that I've had this podcast for over a year and I haven't really told you guys about the theme parks. I mean, I've done the history of theme parks and I've talked about Epcot, but I think I'm going to focus a little bit more on the theme parks in the next couple of weeks. I know that many of them call the Sunshine State home and it's one of the main attractions to the state. And so I'm going to start talking more about them. I don't know. I feel like I feel like having worked at the theme parks and having been to the theme parks so much that I just think they're in the back of my mind. But then I realized that um, that's a huge draw for Florida. And so I'm sorry I haven't talked about much of them yet. Um, so today I'm going to talk about my favorite park in the state. My favorite, absolute favorite. And I'm talking about Animal Kingdom. I love Disney's Animal Kingdom. And of course, not because I worked there and I made lifelong friends there, but because it is just such a cool park. It's beautiful. It has purpose behind it. Um, and it has one of the best roller coasters, let's face it. Um, so today we're going to talk about Animal Kingdom. And Animal Kingdom is actually the zoological theme park at Walt Disney World outside of Orlando. The park was opened on Earth Day, uh, April 22nd, 1998. And it is the largest of the four Disney parks. And it actually covers a whopping 580 acres. The park is dedicated and themed around nat natural environment and animal conservation. And I can tell you working there, it really is. It's all about the animals, and it's such a cool park. Um, you know, you walk into certain areas, you look down, you see tracks, like there's animals walking with you. Or, you know, like where I was at, we actually took up money for, we had a, a, a animal that was solely what we took up money for at the Creature Comforts, and that was really cool. And I think that's really cool that they did dedicate an entire park to animal conservation. Now, the park was engineered and created by Joe Rohde. Rohde wanted to create an animal-themed park in Disney World, and he presented it to then-CEO Michael Eisner by bringing a 400-pound Bengal tiger to the meeting. That is definitely a statement and way to catch attention. Now, Rohde's plan worked, and Disney actually agreed to create an animal-themed park and began construction of the park in 1995. And the Imagineers traveled to Africa and Asia to study the landscapes, cultures, wildlife, just to get the park right. And I think that's really cool. And you do, if you've ever been to Animal Kingdom, you do know as you walk through certain areas, you do feel like you could be in these places because they took every attention to detail. Now, the construction meant putting 
animal holding facilities, installing trees from various landscapes and plants to get this part correct. And engineers actually collected different seeds and plants from 37 different countries to be used in parts of the park for the plants and the grasses. And the landscaping used over 4 million cubic yards of dirt for the creation of waterways and the parts for the animals and where you walk them. They also did create those waterways. They used 40,000 mature trees and it was created by over 2,600 workers. The building contains thatched roofs that were actually constructed by the Zulu workers of South Africa, and its 1,500 hand-painted wooden horses were crafted in Bali just for the park. And the park has aged appearances in some parts, complete with potholes in the safari ride and boats looking old and rusty in the waterways. Um, And it really is just one of my favorite parks. I can't say that enough during this episode. Now, the park did officially open, as I said, on April 22nd, 1998 on Earth Day, and it opened with massive fanfare. I think people were really excited for this park. Disney even had a two-hour primetime special about the making of this park as part of the Wonderful World of Disney anthology series. Fun fact, you can actually find that on Disney+. Plus. The opening day was hosted by Michael Eisner, Rory Disney, and celebrities including Michael J. Fox, Drew Carey, Stevie Wonder, David Copperfield, and Jane Goodall. The major morning broadcasts from Good Morning America today and live with Regis and Kelly were actually done live from the park on the 22nd. Everybody was there for this. The park was even the basis for an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which was aired two days before the park opening. I have seen that episode, and it is funny to go back because Disney is known to update their costumes. So sometimes when you go back and you look and you're like, yeah, nope, nobody wears that anymore. It's kind of fun to watch it to see, like, what it used to be to what it is now and how much they've improved the park. Now the park is laid out into seven different areas that submerge people into an area from the shops, the rides, the animals, and even the costumes the cast members wear. The areas are Oasis, Discovery Island, Pandora, Africa, Rafiki's Planet Watch, Asia, and Dino Land USA. So I'm going to talk to each of you guys about these and give you my favorites and any tips um, if you're planning on going, which I hope you do. I hope everybody visits Animal Kingdom. So the Oasis area is the equivalent to Main Street in Magic Kingdom. Um, it transitions from the entrance where you walk in to the animals. And the main paths have ex- animal exhibits, beautiful lush vegetation, and trees lining the paths. There's even a waterfall. The Rainforest Cafe also sits in this part of the area, and the animals in this exhibit include anteaters and spoonbills. And different birds and this exhibit will actually lead you to the heart of the park in discovery island i absolutely encourage you when you walk into the park don't head straight into the park actually explore this area you can see really beautiful views there's calming places there's quiet places um, there are animals um, in these areas and especially pick up a park map when you walk in they're free pick them up they're fun souvenirs they're free souvenirs and you can find if you're looking for a specific animal of course you can find it on there but It also shows you animals or exhibits that you didn't expect to see. So definitely when you walk in, explore this area, grab a park map, and just look around. Take in the nature that is in this park. Now, of course, Discovery Island is where the main centerpiece of the park sits, and that is the Tree of Life. The Tree of Life is over 145 feet, and it is a sculpture of a, uh, I'm never going to say this right, a boobob tree. And the tree has over 8,000 branches and over 100,000 artificial leaves. The sculpture was inspired by the mythical concept of the Tree of Life, which, by the way, is a really beautiful. Whoever designed the Tree of Life just did a gorgeous job. And I think it's really cool that they actually took the inspiration from that to the Tree of Life in Disney. 
And of course, the tree features 325 carvings of extinct and existing animal species on it, on the tree and the trunk. And you can see it on the surrounding roots as it goes through the um, paths around it. And even Jane Goodall's famous subject, David Graybeard, is actually one of these carvings. Um, and I, I think it's really cool. One of the things to do is to just look at the tree and see how many animals you can identify. I think it's amazing. Um, you can walk around it. You can look at the sculptures. You, of course, take pictures of them. But just look at the animals. See how many you know and then try to figure out the ones you, you can't quite figure out. It's really kind of a fun thing to do. And it's calming and, you know, you're not waiting in line for rides and you can do it at your own pace. So I definitely encourage that. Now, Discovery Island is home to a few attractions and animals. The Wilderness Explorer. It's tough to be a bug. Discovery Island Trails and Adventure Outpost are all actually in this area of the park. The island is also home to the otters, cotton-top tamarins, lemurs, and the flamingo exhibits. Um, I love the cotton-top tamarins because that's the animal when I said with the creature comfort we specifically raise money for an animal. That was our animal. Um, by the way, Creature Comforts is the Starbucks location in the park, and it is also the fourth and final Starbucks to be added to the parks. It was opened in 2015. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Allergies. And I know this because um, I might have been there. <laughs> that was a really fun experience. Um, but yeah, so definitely check out the animals in this exhibit. <clears throat> I'm so sorry, you guys. Allergies are kicking my butt lately. So... <clears throat> I think I got my voice. There's my voice. Here we go. The uh, Definitely check out the animals. The otters are really cool. You can actually walk up under and you can see them as they play. There's also a really cool massive fish. I think it's a catfish. I never can remember. But as you're walking around the exhibits and going over the bridge, there's a really big fish. And it's been there since they opened the park. Um, you know, be on the lookout for it. You cannot miss it. Trust me, you will see this thing moving whenever it swims around. It is so big. But it's cool to walk through this area to take in and look around. And also, this kind of leads you to the other areas of the park. Um, we would we would actually take up the donations for the Tamarins. And, of course, the exhibit is actually directly across from Starbucks. So, anytime we would get awards, we would go and we would take a picture with the Tamarins. And it was just really cool. And I feel like a lot of people walk into Discovery Island and then just split. They just go to the other parts of the park. But again, I encourage you to look at the Tree of Life, to take in the animals in this area, to explore the little shops, and, um, you know, just really enjoy the park when you're there. Now, the next part I'm going to talk about is Pandora. Pandora is the next area and also the newest in the park. Pandora is, of course, based on Avatar. It officially opened in 2017 with two rides. I remember when it opened. The lines went everywhere. This was a massive... People were excited about this. And it opened to much fanfare as well. And it was insane. Now, of course, the area does have the two rides. The Flight of Passage and the Navi River Journey. Um, this area of the park was where Camp Mini used to exist. Um, but it is now Pandora. And it is full of sites from Pandora to the Floating Mountains... The foliage and the bioluminescent flora and fauna that you can find, especially at night. Pandora is absolutely beautiful to walk through during the day, but it comes alive at night. It's so much fun. Um, it also doesn't have Mickey or Minnie. Um, it does not have marquees like the rest of the park. It really is kind of its own area. It does not have traditional merchandising, and cast members actually have unique name tags just for this area of the park to fit in with it. And I think that's really cool. 
Um, as you walk through Pandora, though, you can also hear original score from the movie playing. This area also has some really unique food items. Um, I recommend trying them. I, I'm i not going to lie to you. I was a little bit under... I don't know. I thought Pandora would be a little bit more. Um, I think that the the river ride was a little bit underwhelming. The flight of passage are really cool. Side note, when it works. Um... Because the flight of passage was cool. You could feel it breathing underneath you and as you soar. And so it's a really interesting, really cool ride. But I just felt like they could have done, I don't know, another ride or just a little bit more. To me. To me. I'm sure there are people out there who absolutely love Pandora. And at night, it is absolutely amazing. Now, Africa is another part of the park. And it's, I don't know, it's probably one of my favorite parks. Uh, part of the parks. I think it's absolutely beautiful. It's actually one of the original areas of the park. Um, and it is set in the fictional village of Harambe. No, I'm not going to say remember Harambe or anything like that. Um, but you would be not be surprised. You'd be surprised at how many times people would walk there and say never forget or all the other stuff that came with that really interesting moment with that gorilla. So, yes, it takes place in Harambe. Please do not act like an idiot when you walk in there. Um, of course, this area does include part of a fortress that is found in Zanzibar. They actually built it according to it and there are water stained buildings that are found in kenya and the village also contains a mock hotel outdoor bar with live entertainment and a small marketplace which of course as soon as you walk past uh creature comforts and into africa that is what you're greeted with and it's a really really cool area now the main attraction for africa is kilimanjaro safari and this is a super cool attraction um joe Rody and them left nothing to the imagination this is an amazing ride one of my favorites. I think it's actually probably one of the top rides in the park. And it actually allows you to feel like you're going on an actual safari. Open-sided vehicles allow the guests to be taken through a large area that replicates the African savanna, a river area, and rocky hills to see the different species. And there are so many different species in this ride. The ride allows people to see Okapi, Greater Kudu, saddle-billed storks, lions, bongos, rhinoceroses, including a white rhinoceros, hippos, Pinkback pelicans, Nile crocodiles, Maasai giraffes, wild wildebeest, springbok, never can say this one, and Kole cattle, elands, sable antelopes, elephants, and even zebras. And this ride is like no other because no matter how many times you ride this ride, it is never going to be the same. Ever. Um, I have seen animals. I have seen no animals. I have seen a zebra stop the entire ride for a good 30 minutes. Because it just, it just stood there and, and they can't move them. They can't get out of the car. You have to just. The animals are literally free reign in certain areas. Actually, most areas. And, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes that ride can be the actual time it's supposed to be with all the fun, seeing all the animals. And it's not. I recommend doing this ride at the very, very beginning of the park. And the reason I do that is, is because it was so cool to stand in the park and hear all the animals wake up. You could hear the lions roaring and you could hear the elephants and you could hear, you know, the different, the birds. And so I definitely recommend this is one of the rides I would ride like first thing, like first thing in the morning, as soon as the park opens, especially if you have extra magic hours, go to this ride. It was so cool to see them, to see the animals wake up and move around and the lions are always really interesting in the mornings. So I definitely recommend that ride and doing it early. 
Now you can also explore the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail, which is a walkway next to the safari. And you actually get to see more African animals. Um, the trail features many different animals and an aviary. Uh, the trail gives you a better view of the Western Lowland Gorillas, Meerkats, Naked Mole Rats. No, unfortunately, none of them are named Rufus. And if you get that uh, reference, I'm proud of you. Um, and of course you can see pythons. And then the aviary is full of African birds if you are a bird lover. Um, I have an innate fear of birds and I never, ever, ever went in the aviary. But if that's, if birds are for you, then definitely go visit it. Um, the African part of the park is also home to the Festival of the Lion King. I love this show. Um, as far as shows go, this is probably one of my favorite. And it is based on the Lion King and it is absolutely amazing. The performers are just amazing and I cannot recommend this show enough. Um, it's a really cool way to sit for a few minutes to see some amazing people in this show and to remind you why Lion King is just an awesome movie. And the Africa part of the park is also how you get to Rafiki's Planet Watch. Now, Rafiki's Planet Watch is the only part that's not actually connected to Discovery Island. It is only connected to Africa. And you can get to Rafiki's area by boarding the Wildlife Express train and take a ride over to the area. The area contains Habitat Habitat, where there are cotton-top tamarins. It's a Rafiki's Planet Watch, I think, is an overlooked area, and it is so cool. Um, it has the conservation station, and you can see various conservation efforts going on that are being supported by the Walt Disney Company. You can also see what the animal care facilities look like, as well as the veterinary exam room with a two-way system, so that if you see someone in there, you can ask questions. And they do take questions. Um, it's really cool. And then the last part of the Planet Watch is the affection section, which is a petting zoo. As pigs, goats, sheep, cattle, donkeys, and alpacas. Um, I think it's really cool that they do have a, plant, a, a petting zoo type area so that you can get up close to animals. And this area also includes <clears throat> the, <coughs> I'm sorry guys, the animation experience at Conservation Station. And I just can't talk enough about this area. I think it's so cool. I think it definitely shows their conservation. And it's an overlooked area of the park. It's fun to do the petting zoo or to see the conservation efforts and it's also sometimes where they have special characters. Um, I remember before the pandemic, they actually had a meet and greet with, um, you remember the Thumper from Bambi? I love Thumper. And they had Thumper. We got to, we got to meet him. The line was like three hours long, but it was, it's really cool that they sometimes do have special events over in the Planet Watch. Now, the next part I'm going to talk about is actually Asia. And Asia was the first expansion to the park that opened in 1999. And this area is the fictional area of Andapur. And that means place of many delights in Sanskrit. And again, <clears throat> this is an area where they they did everything. They didn't, um, they didn't leave anything to the imagination. You really do kind of feel like you're in another country. And the area actually takes straight from Cambodia, India, Indonesia... Mongolia, Nepal, and Thailand. Now, the history of Andapur is that it was established as a royal hunting preserve in 1544, and that's how it got its backstory. And Asia contains a riverside village of Andapur and Sirkazong, which is set in the Himalayas. And the main focus of Asia is um, Expedition Everest, which is one of my favorite roller coasters. It's an amazing roller coaster. I begrudgingly got on it the first time. I also lost a pair of sunglasses on it. Not Still salty. Still a little salty about that. But that was my fault. But it's a really amazing ride. 
And at one point, it was actually the most expensive roller coaster ever built. And it is built around an artificial mountain. The queue for the roller coaster is actually just as fun to walk through as actually the ride itself because it's so interesting. The queue is actually the office for the fictional Himalayan Express travel agency that goes through a small temple with little holy figures and then a tea garden and then a room filled with equipment from successful expeditions. And then the Yeti Museum that actually contains information on the Yeti, including a molding of a footprint. The museum actually contains about 8,000 artifacts from Nepal. And when you finally board the ride, guys, it's a fun one. Um, it contains twists and turns. You actually encounter the Yeti. I am not going to lie. I was not expecting this ride to go backwards. The first time, I lost my mind. Like, I just wasn't ready for it. It was a little scary. Um, but it's it's a really fun ride. Um, it usually has long lines. I definitely recommend the single rider. But if you go, I just, I put on your big panties and go ride this ride. It's so much fun. Um, Asia also contains the Kali River Rapids, and that is a fun ride as well. Uh, the Kali River Rapids uh, also have an interesting kind of queue. The queue goes through temples, shops, and ancient decaying statues, and it has overgrown ruins and beautiful floras until you actually get to the rafting offices for Kali River Expeditions. And then you move to Brightly Wooden P uh, Pagoda with Tibetan prayer flags as you board the ride. The adventure down is the Chakarandi River where the water is nice until it turns into a white water adventure. It is so much fun. Yes, you do get wet. Um, they have lockers for you to put all your belongings in. I definitely recommend doing it. It is an insane ride. Go once, enjoy it, but do it on a hot day and you'll dry very fast. Asia also contains the Maharaja Jungle Trek, which lets guests go through ruins and forests to see um, Batangs, Sumerian Tigers, Indian buck, Black Buck, Sumatran orangutans, gibbons, flying foxes, and even Komodo dragons. The trek is a fun one. You can walk through it, and you can see animals that call Asia home. Um, there is actually a live bird show in this part of the park. Um, and there is also the Yak and Yeti. The Yak and Yeti is a restaurant, and I I am addicted to their frozen drinks. Um, <laughs> it is such a fun area um, to explore, and there's all the little shops that you can go and buy little souvenirs or things. Um Definitely recommend Asia. Spend And even with the other parts of the park, spend time in these. Don't rush them. Wander through them. Take in the sights and sceneries and see the small details. Now, the last part of the park is Dino Land USA. And Dino Land USA is exactly what you think. It's about dinosaurs and prehistoric life. The area is around the Dino Institute, which is a fictional paleontology facility, with home, which is home to Dinosaur, a dark thrill ride. Dinosaur is an EMV ride that features a turbulent journey through the late crustacean period with prehistoric scenes containing dinosaur auto animatronics. This is not a ride for me. Um, I rode it once. Shout out to Christy who got me on that ride and I will never get on it again. Um, the queue for the ride is really cool though. You go from an outdoor area to an indoor area that contains fossils, theories for the mass extinction, renderings of what dinosaurs would look like, sedimentary rocks that contain fossils, and everything in between that's showing dinosaurs. They even have a large globe looking, showing what Pangaea would look like. The queue also contains a large dinosaur fossil, the Carnotaurus fossil. I think I said that right. And you can even see where Bill Nye, the science guy, is talking about dinosaurs. Um, once you get to the queue, you actually go into a pre-show where you see a short movie about the Dino Institute and how you will go to a predestined place to look for what they need. They need your help on this ride and you are going to help them.
um, and you do this so you know what you're going into before you go into the actual ride, you wait on a time rover to pick you up where you will find that the safety coordinates are not correct. The time tunnel where the rides where the rides are taken to the prehistoric times, you will go in, you will enter the ride, and you will encounter dinosaurs. It is intense. You go through scenes, and then you're transported back to your time. As you go through the scenes with the dinosaurs, guys, it is intense. There are sounds. Um, there are flashing lights. If you have seizures, I don't recommend this ride. Um, it is insane. Like... I remember the, I think it's the T-Rex. Oh my gosh, that was so scary for some reason. I just did not like it. Um, so yeah, if you have, if you, if you like to be scared, go for it. If you have an issue with flashing lights or dinosaurs aren't your thing, or you don't like being in the dark, this ride is probably not for you. Um, Dino Land also contains a boneyard where you can see fossils and you can play. Um, it's kind of cool. They have fun fossil games, which are carnival-style games. And you can ride on the Triceratops Spin, which is an aerial aerial carousel ride. Um, another fun thing to do in this area is the Finding Nemo, the musical, and the live-action stage musical that's based on the movie. <clears throat> this is also a nice break from the heat or the rain, or if you just love Nemo. Um, they do actually have animals in Dino Land, USA. The American Crocodile, their red-legged Sirimas. And the Asian brown stock are all in this area and call it home. And these animals are all in this area because they have links to dinosaurs. Um, they believe that they, you know, they evolved from the dinosaurs, which I think is really cool. Side note, um, I love Dinoland USA. They took away my favorite ride. I'm still salty about it. The the little roller coaster, um, they they're dismantled. They did dismantle it, and I'm sad. That was one of my favorite rides. It was like a really cool little break. There was hardly ever a line. And if you know what I'm talking about, you're probably sad too. But again, with every other part, explore Dino Land USA. The little car- the little carnival games are fun. It's a great place to walk around. They actually have some really good food there as well. Now, of course, I've talked about the food and Animal Kingdom does call uh, some really good restaurants and shops at home. The Rainforest Cafe, the Yak and Yeti, Tusker House, Flame Tree Barbecue. Side note, Flame Tree Barbecue has some really good uh, cheese fry cheese fries there were like um they have they're a thing of fries with like cheese and barbecue on them and bar- it's really good i recommend them and they're actually not that expensive side note if you go to the flame tree barbecue the birds will steal your food i had this experience many times and i mean of course disney does replace it but these birds are vicious y'all look out the birds do steal your food um you can also visit pizza fire which is a really cool little pizza place it's actually next to creature comforts there's the scent Satuli Canteen, and the Restaurantosaurus. These are all great places to eat in the park. Um, Again, my two favorite are Flame Tree Barbecue and the Yak and Yeti. I will say, make sure that you make your reservations before you go because you can't get into some of these locations. Um, I always had good luck luck getting into the Yak and Yeti just to have a drink at the bar. Uh, But again, reservations are seriously, seriously suggested for um, like the Tusker House and the Yak and Yeti, so that you can actually go and sit and enjoy your meal. The park also has some really cool shops. They have shops um, according to each area, so you'll find uh, African-themed souvenirs and then Asian-themed souvenirs and then just animal souvenirs um, in general around the park. And so it's a really cool place to go and find uh, some really cool souvenirs to take home. Um, don't forget the, the pennies. The, the penny machines. Those are an often overlooked souvenir. I love those. I collect those. I have tons of them. 
I think it's a really cool thing. So don't forget your quarters and your pennies. Uh, also, don't forget to meet the characters in this park. Um, this park has some really fun characters from your favorite Disney movies. You might meet Mickey and Minnie at Outpost Adventure. See Pocahontas or the Lion King as they float down Discovery River. You can even see McScroo Scrooge McDuck on the Discovery River. So be on the lookout for various characters in the park. I think, again, looking for the characters is a fun and underrated thing to do. And, of course, the park was founded as a research park, basically, and it is known for these research <clears throat> and conservation efforts involving its animals. Since 1998, the resident elephant herd has produced seven calves. In 2008, the park's giraffe herd produced four newborns, with a total of 11 since opening the park. The white rhino actually gave birth to a calf in 1999, and as of 2010, eight white rhinos have been born since the park has opened. That's so cool, because that's a really... Great conservation effort, especially since white rhinos are so endangered. And of course, the park continues to do research and make great strides in helping to continue to save species from extinction and to further those that are on the brink of it. Now, the park is a really great place to spend the day. You can ride some amazingly fun rides, and you can see animals that you might have never seen before. You can see characters in the park, um, find your favorite souvenir. And then the perfect way to end the day is either to... Stroll through Pandora, because Pandora really does come alive at light at night. Or you can go to the Tree of Life Awakening. That is a series of projection mapping shows, which are at the at night, um, of course, on Discovery Island. I recommend either of those. Now, a couple tips about the park. Don't miss the Oasis exhibit. Um, they are so much fun as the rest of the park. And look out for Divine. Divine is a vine that blends in with the surroundings, and you might not even know you've missed her. Uh, she can be found in the Oasis area, so be on the lookout. Make sure that you take in the scenery around you. And, of course, the park does have amazing scenery in every part. And there are quieter areas if you just need to step away from the craziness of Disney. The cool thing about Animal Kingdom is that it is so big that it's usually not jam-packed. Um, there are a lot of people in the park, don't get me wrong, but you're not stepping on one another as you would be in Magic Kingdom. Of course, the carvings on the Tree of Life, I told you guys about that. See how many you recognize. Um, also, try to eat at the off times to avoid the rushes. Uh, Pizza Safari and Flame Tree can have some really long lines. So, lunchtime between, I think, 11 and, I think, 1. Grab a snack. Um, eat either earlier or later. I definitely don't recommend during the middle of lunch. It will take you forever, and good luck finding a place to sit. Again, don't miss out on the fun shows. Look for those characters, and don't forget your park maps. Fun free souvenir. Animal Kingdom really is a fun place for everyone. Um, it's great. I loved it. I can't say enough about it, but please remember guys that it, it is, it is for everyone, but act accordingly. Um, Disney has no qualms about taking people out of their parks who are disruptive. So, uh, just remember that. I mean, I even saw some Florida men roaming the park. Um, actually I'll tell you about one. I remember one day I saw a fight break out because someone bumped into the other with a stroller on accident. Huge fight broke out in the back of Creature Comforts. This is a theme park, guys. Everybody's hot. Everybody's upset. But it is still a theme park, and there are still a lot of kids around, and you do not need to act like that. Um, we actually had to get both of them escorted out of the park. Um, so, yeah, if you want to find out how to be banned from the parks very quickly, be an asshole. Trust me, don't do it. But try something and find out with Disney, because they don't play. Um, it is a fun place, so keep it that way. That's my only recommendation. Um, you're not the only one on vacation. You're not the only one there. You're going to wait in line. You don't be mad at the workers. It's not their fault. They're doing the best they can. 
be nice to everybody, guys. It takes two seconds to be nice. So I hope that you all enjoyed this episode about my favorite Disney park. Um, I've actually been waiting to do it, and I think this is a good time. Thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to check out the polls and questions on Wednesday. Uh, my next episode will come out after Thanksgiving, so I hope you guys have an amazing Thanksgiving. Um, whether you're eating turkey or sitting on the beach or having drinks with friends or family or whoever you decide to hang out with, I hope that everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope that there is something you're definitely thankful for. Um, and if not, just know, guys, that I am thankful for all of you. Um, don't forget to drink your water. Don't forget to be nice. And as always, guys, that's your daily dose of sunshine.